Okay, welcome into the Degress podcast. We are recording this on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. We are on episode eight, the Ben Gordon edition. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know Ben, Ben was my high school quarterback. He wore number eight, so avid listener of the show. So I figured I'd give him a shout out. Uh, so today, like I said, we uh, have two guests on. Uh, Grant was on last Thursday, and now we have a new one who completes the uh, trio of the uh, apartment 309, my college roommates, uh, Ethan Price. So, Ethan, welcome to the show. First time on. Uh, brief uh, brief intro here to uh, kind of break the ice. So, Ethan is a, a big Vikings fan, basically anything Minnesota sports uh, he, is, uh, he is a fan of, but... Obviously, the Vikings have a new head coach uh, tentatively. It's not official yet, obviously, because he's coaching in some game this weekend. But uh, it's Kevin O'Connell. Ethan, what are your thoughts on the new hire? Uh, I like it. Um, you see what he's done with the Rams offense, Cooper Cup. I mean, turning him into the best receiver in football. Uh, I don't know. I like him. I like Quezzy. I don't think there's a GM really like him with 10-plus years on the Wall Street. So – Brings a different dynamic to the team, and I'll see. I'm excited to see where it goes. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's an interesting hire. We'll see if he can keep the get the offense a little bit tweaked, and see if they can kind of improve on some of their situational football. And hopefully, he can get a get a good guy in defensively and get them back in the uh, playoffs. So, Grant, welcome back. Uh, your camera is still blurry. You haven't gotten a new phone yet, I see. Correct. <laughs> so like i said earlier the uh there's quite a big game this week super bowl 56 rams versus uh Bengals. and is actually i was kind of curious i was just random nerd thing i looked up this is the first time since super bowl 50 that a team with the uh, color red isn't in it so you guys didn't know that so oh that's quite the stat it's atlanta New England, New England. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, like I said, Rams, Bengals, uh, 430 Mountain, 530 Central, where uh, Grant and Ethan are. They're both in the uh, Twin Cities area. And uh, Rams Rams are favored by four from the last time I looked at uh, The over-under is 48 and a half. We'll get into uh, some – some bets here, but we'll start just kind of by breaking down the uh, game, different uh, things that we uh, see. I think biggest thing, obviously, and for some somehow crazy, the Bengals keep finding ways to win in spite of their offensive line. Keep, I kept saying on every podcast that I think the game is going to fall in the hands of their inability to protect Burrow. That's why the Bengals lose, but Joey cool. I, any other nickname, he's not an average Joe. He just keeps finding ways to uh, lead the team and get on get into the Super Bowl. So I think obviously it's going to be different facing uh, Aaron Donald and previous Super Bowl Fifty MVP Von Miller. But for some reason, Burrow just keeps find Burrow and company just keep finding ways to uh, win. So offensively or anything, uh, let you guys decide who wants to go first. Uh, what are some of your guys' big takeaways? Grant, you can have the floor. I'll let you go first. All right, yeah, so I'm going to talk about the matchup that no one's talking about, and that is the Bengals' defensive line against the Rams' offensive line. Um, you know, over this whole playoff stretch so far, 
the Bengals have gotten to the other team's quarterback at least um, twice each game. You know, they got to Derek Carr three times. They got to Mahomes four times. And they only got Tannehill down on the ground once, but they threw three interceptions. Can they, um, you know, get constant pressure on Stafford to make him rush some things and then go back to uh, Detroit, Matt, when he's maybe trying a little too hard to, you know, make plays or if he's forcing the ball the cup a little bit. And then in return, can they stop the Rams running game? Because for some reason, the Titans got away from that when they were playing the Bengals. And then again, in the second half in that Chiefs game, the Chiefs got away from the run because they were beating the brakes off these dudes. It was always second and four, second and five, and they got away from that. So can the Bengals maybe stop the run? And then also in return, can they get to Matt Stafford? So that, that'll be something I want to watch because nobody wants to talk about that. You know, the elephant in the room is Burroughs and sacked 10 times these last two games and they won. But can the Bengals get to Matt Stafford and muddy things up a little bit to maybe cause a turnover too that I think they're going to need to win this game? Yeah, and to back oh, up your stat, oh. the Bengals, the Bengals have been 12 times this playoffs, in these playoffs. Nine in one game. So three of the last two games. So guess we'll see what happens Sunday. But uh, I, I do like how you brought that up, Grant, because go back to the Minnesota game for Stafford, how many times they got pressure, how many picks the Vikings dropped that game. The Bengals aren't going to drop those. Bates is going to probably get one. You're looking at a lot of short fields that they can generate that pressure and force Stafford into those bad throws like you did versus Minnesota that they basically threw that game away. Well, and then also if you look at the Bengals so far this postseason – their offense is either struggling in the red zone or they've had a hard time mustering touchdown drives. The first drive, first play of the game against Tennessee, Tannehill, interception. Bengals get a field goal off that. Uh, game-winning, game-winning field goal. That drive was started off an interception at the at midfield last week against Kansas City. Mahomes in the second half um, throws that interception right to the defensive tackle. 35-yard field, short field, touchdown. Um they, they need to keep doing this because if Stafford does what he does, like sometimes give it to the other team, he's got that short field. That's when the Bengals will pounce and then, you know, get a couple easy points off that, which they're going to need. Yeah. Another area I look at is can the Bengals get, can they get the rushing game going? Uh, regular season, eight and one when they rush for 100 yards or more. Only lost to Green Bay, and let's be real, there were probably some calls that went Green Bay's way late in that game, overtime losing in Lambeau. So if they can get 100 yards, uh, I like their chances. I think that's going to be huge for their offense and open up some play-action plays later on in the game. And that's that's a great thought, Ethan, because remember last week when they got Mixon rolling in that second half, towards the end of the first half, that's when the Bengals were starting to move the ball and the Chiefs, and they were slowly able to mount this comeback was when they got that running game going. Yeah, and that that's helped them convert in the red zone where they've really struggled because into that Chiefs game, they any, any time other than – a it seemed like the first drive of the uh, first drives of the games uh, against the Raiders and then against the Titans, they only got the one touchdown. And then, yeah, once that running game got going, they, uh, they were able to get that big screen to P Ryan too. They, uh, that was kind of what the jolt that that offense gave them. And I also think probably one of the biggest matchups, most exciting matchups of this Super Bowl is going to be Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey to see, uh, see if Chase can get uh, take advantage of the uh, aggressive player Ramsey, see if he can burn him deep once. Because, yeah, because, you know, Dylan, that's a great point, because you look at Ramsey, 
he's typically never been a great corner when it comes to being sticky on a guy. He's, he's not Darrell Rivas. He's not Pat Peterson where he can take you one-on-one. He's going to miss every once in a while because he's a little too aggressive. And can Jamar, you know, shimmy off of him or get a nice release one time and break that big play for that 60, 70 yards? And then, you know, again, back to my main matchup, maybe I'm biased because I played this position, but can Andrew Whitworth stop Trey Hendrickson? You know, how big of an offseason acquisition was that? 14 and a half sacks for the Bengals this year. And they're finally getting that pass rush that they haven't had for these last couple of years. Um, so can the old Bengal and Whitworth protect against Henderson? Well, let's find out on Sunday. That's true. I forgot that. I forgot that Whitworth played Even. for the uh, Bengals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that the biggest part is I think the difference is, is these teams, the team that's going to find ways to get touched, put the ball in the end zone and not settle for field goals is going to win. Uh, the Rams, uh, They've actually been struggled running the ball this postseason too. So I guess we can transition over to the uh, Rams kind of keys to the game, but I think the Rams got to find a way to run the ball, uh, be more effective. And the other part is too, is I think curious to see how much McVay learned from his last Super Bowl, where he's talked about it. He admitted that he probably overprepared, probably put too much thought into things. I think he might probably go with a little bit of a simpler game plan get guys comfortable with what they're doing, stuff they've done all year, not throw in a bunch of new stuff where guys are going to have to be thinking about what they're doing. Keep it simple. Make them just let them play fast and go out there and play. No, I agree. And that was one of kind of my talking points too, was, um, you know, how much has Sean learned in these last, you know, three seasons and at halftime, is he going to be able to come in? Is he going to do adjust? and changed what the Bengals defense gave them because, you know, they had no adjustment in Super Bowl 53 when the Patriots essentially said, nope, we're going to put three defensive linemen and two linebackers over your offensive linemen. You're not going to be able to run the ball. And, you know, as we see the Rams offense, um, just like the 49ers, because it's the same kind of philosophy. If you can run the ball and then you get that play action game going and then it's scary because um, then that's when you can get, you know, linebackers lapsed down the middle of the field and Cooper Hub, Cooper Cup can get to the second level. But then also, you know, Tyler Higby and Odell with that too. And also having Raheem Morris on your staff. He was, you know, the wide receivers coach and assistant head coach in Atlanta, Super Bowl 51. He can maybe tell Sean, hey, this is what we did during that week or what we didn't week. And if they have a lead and they need to finish the game, he can tell them, you know, what didn't work. So then, you know, the Rams get a better outcome for their for their sake. Another spot for the Rams I think they need to exploit is just Cooper Cup getting those yards after catch. Almost 900 yards this year after yards after the catch. Turns eight yards into 30 just like that. I mean, huge momentum play, and if he can do that, it's going to be tough for the Bengals to keep them in, him, LBJ, and Higby all in check. Well, and you got to think, you know, the Rams, they're going to double-team Cup. I mean, the Bengals are going to double-team Cup because if I'm – the Bengals, I'm saying, Feldell or Hickman beats me, I'm okay with that, but I'm not letting Stafford, one, do that. So – how are they going to do that? Maybe some tunnel screens, um, you know, tunnels, tunnel screens. Are they going to get him on quick outbreaking routes, you know, in a trip bunch formation where he can get those five yards and then maybe make a guy miss. So that, that'll be fun to watch too, is how does McVay get cup open when he's clearly going to, the Bengals are going to try to stop. Him. Yeah. And that goes into my point. Grant, too, is I was, as I was going through this matchup and I think it's been kind of a, theme all postseason for the Rams but the uh 
Odell looks like a new player from the past. I don't even know, probably 16, 14, when his first few years in the Giants, where he's been the key, where he's been so effective, where guys, they defenses haven't been able to double cup because they've had to respect Odell. And mm-hmm. I would I would expect to Odell to try to make some plays, uh, might be able to beat him deep or get some something that they've used is used him on tunnel screens where he's getting the ball and going. Well, and then, yeah, because, you know, people forget when, when they just signed Odell, they had just lost Robert Woods for the year. And then the Rams offense was, wasn't the way it was because they weren't, they needed that second option where Cooper could get open. And then, you know, someone those 15, 20 yard in breaking routes and Odell's doing that. And also even against, you know, Ethan's point against the Vikings this year, Stafford rolled out to his right a couple of times, you know, a little backyard football when the play broke down and found Odell in the end zone. So if the Bengals can get there and Matt gets out of the pocket, um, you know, look for Odell to be the guy who's going to, you know, make a play. Yeah. And I think I'd be curious to see how the, uh, um, what the Bengals do, see if they do something, what they did similar to Kansas city, where they, um, with a team with, since McVay's gotten Stafford, they like throwing the ball a little bit more, uh, see if they go with a too high safety look, um, something that the chiefs should have done. If they do, they probably are in the super bowl, but if they're playing that too high safety look, uh, it opens up the running lanes and see if they can put pressure on make, see if uh, McVay want is going to put his pride aside and actually run the ball. Kind of what he almost similar to a golf offense and make them run the ball and uh, then make the Bengals adjust from there. No. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Cause then, you know, if, if, if the Blake said, if the Bengals want to sit back in that cover two shell, then I'm just going to, I'm just going to continually run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then I'm going to find Higby uh, or I'm going to find, you know, Vance Jefferson in that um, soft spot in the zone. And then I'm going to make them, I'm going to make them tackle me. So defending this Rams offense is not easy. I'm glad I don't have to do it. And then again, I think that's where it comes down to can Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard and DJ Raid reader. Can they change this game? Um, Because if they can't, and the Rams are running the ball left and right, and, you know, Matt's pretty clean and he doesn't give up those turnovers, then I think it's over. Because, you know, when the Bengals played the Titans this year, one sack, three interceptions. When they played the Raiders, three sacks, one interception. When they played the Chiefs in the playoffs, four sacks, two interceptions. So if you add those up, they had to combine at least five sacks or interceptions. Uh, excuse me, four. I think one area that I'm being – brought up enough is the third down conversion percentage for the Rams they're in the playoffs are converting on 50% of their third downs like that's insane I mean the Bengals are 48 but I mean which defense is going to get off the field that's going to be possibly the key to the game if you can get off on third down you got a good chance but these offenses are just prolific right now yeah yeah and yeah and I think red zone red zone efficiency as always like in any game especially these big games is the difference will be who can who can come away in the end zone and who's got to settle for field goals. Both teams, I think. Well, actually, they don't. Both are similar, but because the Bengals have the proven kicker so far, Matt Gay has really struggled this postseason. He three three missed kicks, right? It, I well, I know that there's the two that stick out in my mind is the one before halftime of the NFC Championship game, and then the one that he was short on against Tampa Bay. So yeah, like 48 yards, and it was way short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be indoors, so the weather won't be a factor. 
either. And now kind of gone over it, I guess we can go over our, uh, our predictions for the uh, game. Uh, so like I said, I, the Rams are favored by four. Over under is 48 and a half. Um, I'll, uh, I'll let you guys go first and I'll save, uh, save my prediction for last. So whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Uh, well, I'll go. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm going with, uh, with Joe. Uh, we talked a little bit about Ramsey, but I want to talk about Darius Williams, the other corner. He's allowing 105 passer rating the last two games. T Higgins is going to be on him. I mean, that's an absolute advantage for, for Bengals there. And even if they do double Higgins, Ramsey one-on-one, -on -one, you still got the third best or the probably the best third receiver in the league in Tyler Boyd back to back thousand yard seasons. I mean, it's just, that's a, that's a lot to handle for a defense. Um, I'll go back to the generating the pressure three sacks per game so far in the playoffs for the Bengals. Can they, can they get those short field situations for Joe, create those turnovers and then teams with a better record, regular season record are one in 12 in the last 12 Super Bowls. So, I mean, underdogs are, are a real thing. And the only person to win that was Tom Brady. So, I mean, that tells you right there. That's yeah. It's not the easiest thing to do to go in there and win when you're the favorite. Damn, damn, Ethan, those are some good good stats there. And uh, I really like that last, the 112 for the last 13 Super Bowls. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take the Rams um, for the final score for the score. I'm going with the over and I think they get the four and a half. I got Rams 31 19. And again, it just goes back to I don't think Aaron Donald, um, you know, Leonard Floyd and then uh, Von Miller can be stopped you know Donald he's going to cause pressure up the middle just like Jarrell Casey did that whole game and Chris Jones you know last week he missed Burrow three times I don't think Donald's going to miss Donald excuse me but if he does you know Von Miller's kind of he's going to come off the edge and I think he's going to be able to um, take advantage of these tackles to where the Bengals they might move the ball but again they're going to be kicking field goals throughout the game and then I just think the coaching advantage um with McVay and he's going to get his skilled players the ball which is then going to cause the Rams to win the Super Bowl and Stafford's not going to have those turnovers you know that I was talking about to give the Bengals that short field so I like like I said I like the Rams 31 to 19 with um Higby scoring a touchdown um when it's 24 19 to make it 31 19. I guess I didn't do a score prediction. I'm going to go 28, 26, uh, and you're going to see a bunch of this is why you draft a kicker tweets again by the Bengals after McPherson drills one for the win. I like that. It's been a theme all playoffs. Why change now? Okay. Mm -hmm. So this one, I've I've gone back and forth. I've it's it, it's a tough choice, and it, I think this game every like I said earlier at the start of the show is. Every time I've picked the Bengals to lose and given reasons that why Joe Burrow just keeps dumping on me that like I'm an idiot, which fair point that on some things, but you're not wrong. He has, he just, there's just something about him. He's got the moxie. He's got the poise. He's got the coolness. I mean, I think it goes back to him being a fellow North Dakotan, similar to me. Um, so Eastern Montana. I'm not from Montana, but I, at the end of the day, I, I think the Bengals cover, 
Rams win. I'm going to go 31-28. I think Stafford makes a few more plays. I think the big, like I said, the biggest key is going to be the red zone. And I think the Rams, I trust their offense and their offensive line a little bit more than I trust the Bengals. I think the Rams or the Rams find a way. Matthew Stafford clinches his spot in Canton, gets to uh, wins the Super Bowl, and I like I said, 31-28 Rams, Rams cover. So or Bengals cover, excuse me. So I have that's what I got um, by that logic. I also would uh, take the over at 48 and a half. So we're gonna we're also gonna get into some prop prop. Dylan, if, I, if I could if I could chime in real quick. Yes. Um, so we're all taking the over. And then I, I'm just throwing in Super Bowl MVP real quick. We'll get through uh, like it. What was that? We'll, we're, we'll, we're work, we'll work through it. So we'll – Okay. So, that, yeah, that's one of the prop bets. So start off with uh, my prop bets. We'll kind of start going down. Some of the ones that we each like. Uh, for me, I have the, uh, the national anthem over under. Right now it's at a minute 40. I'm taking the over. Uh, there's only been in the last 15 Super Bowls, only two have gone under of whatever the set time is. So I'm going to go with the over. I think most of the time, most of these singers, because it's such a big stage, so many people are walking, they are watching, they're going to relish that opportunity. So they're going to go a little longer. And that's why I'm going to go with the over. The odds right now are set at 130 minus 135. So I got the over on that. What, uh, which other ones do you guys have? I'll let each one of you guys go. I did uh, who will perform, perform first at halftime out of the five artists that are going. I said Snoop Dogg. Okay. I was like, I don't know. I mean, Snoop Dogg seems like a person you want to just get out there, have some fun. Also saw another prop that said, uh, will he smoke when he's out there? And I think that's probably the easiest money you could ever make. Uh, so <laughs> take the yes on that. Uh, I also did which brand uh, will air the very first commercial. I feel like it's always Pepsi. They have to – they have to have such a big budget for that. And I know Gress loves his Pepsi, so True. that one's for you. Uh, and then the last one, I had to go with my guy, Cooper Cup. You guys know how much I love that guy. His uh, longest reception, and that was set at uh, 28 and a half. So I'm taking the over on that. Okay. All right. Ethan doesn't listen because we were going to go in a rotation of each ones we like. But Grant, go ahead. We can Sorry, I do what I want. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with the uh, – commercials featuring a dog right now that is at wow. um six six and a half and i'm going to smash the over because i think you know beside of this country we're, we're in a rut right now we need a good pick me up and when 50 million people are watching the super bowl we want um we want dogs we want to see them because they put a smile on her face actually i got a there better be some here right now. Well, there's Raul. hey raw um, got, got a little friend right here so I'm smashing uh, six and a half over with uh, commercials with dogs in them. Okay. Uh, the other one that I found was the shortest field goal made. It's at 27 and a half. I actually like the under because I do think the uh, both these defenses are pretty solid. I think they're going to uh, – all they got to do is they got to get a stop in the red zone. And if they keep it within the 17 – it's going to be a shorter field field goal. So I like the under in that. I think there's going to be at least one red zone stop on by a defensive team where it's going to be a short field goal. So the under 27 and a half on the shortest field goal made. Nice. Um, and then also I have uh, one I really liked was 
what color was the Gatorade going to be for the winning coach? And, uh, you know, it came down to, for me, if the Bengals won, it's probably going to be orange. If the Rams won, it was going to be blue. And, you know, like I said a little bit ago, I expect the Rams to win. So at plus 400, I like Sean McVay to get dumped with uh, blue Gatorade. Okay. And I actually, which I, I was going to go blue, and I found this a little interesting when I was looking this up. So since we went Gatorade color, we'll go uh, stay there. I actually found lime green yellow plus 325. That's what I'm going to go with. It's going to be a little different. Okay. I, I, I was surprised. I thought the blue blue would be favored, but it is not. So mm-hmm. I was going to go purple plus 500. <sighs> you don't really see purple. Then why not? Um, and another one that I saw uh, to kind of pick you up on Ethan was Cooper Cup's longest reception. You know, like he said, 28 and a half yards. I'm actually going to be the opposite of him. I, I'm going to say the under because I think the Bengals are going to do everything they can to not let him get that big chunk play. You know, like I said earlier, he could have a big tunnel screen reception on a third and 18 that gives him 20 yards or a red zone touchdown last week uh, when the first possession of the game. But I think the Bengals are not going to let Cooper beat them deep. So I'm taking his longest reception under 28 and a half. Okay. And uh, my last, well, so, and then after this last one, then we'll both do Super Bowl MVP predictions. So um, the last bet I prop bet I have is the coin toss. Seems like everything's been going tails every time a game's gone into overtime. And they both are the same odds because it's truly 50-50. Minus 105 or what the odds are set at. I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here, and I'm going to go heads. I think this coin toss is going to be heads. Okay. All right. And then also my last one, you know, to piggyback on what Ethan said again, at halftime, Snoop pulling out, smoking a J. Uh, no is minus 250. Yes, plus 200. It's Los Angeles. It's the Super Bowl. Snoop wants to have a good time. I think he wants that Mike, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson moment. So I also said yes on the uh, 200 for Snoop smoking at halftime on stage. Plus They're just giving away money. Plus 2,500 odds for a uh, wardrobe malfunction I saw also. So Really? They actually set the line on that again. Well, they set every year. Every year. You have to. So we uh, prop bets are in. And now we are going to go to uh, our Super Bowl MVP. Um, I have, like I said, I have Rams winning 31-28. Stafford plays big, secures his spot in Canton, gets the first Super Bowl, and he gets Super Bowl MVP in whatever vehicle they are giving out. I don't know. I haven't seen what they're announcing yet, but whatever it is, he's driving home in it. I mean, obviously I'm taking the Bengals, so I feel like – by default, I should be taking Joe Burrow. He's going to be the reason they win. He's going to probably have a good game if they do. But uh, I'm going a little bit off the beaten path. I'm going to go Jesse Bates. He's been playing out of his mind recently. I think he has at least two picks this postseason, and I think he gets Stafford at least once. You know, Ethan, like you said, it's a little bit off the beaten path, but I like it because if the Bengals are going to win, I think they're going to get to turn the ball over. I spent most of this – um, podcast today and talking about how can the Bengals defensive line get um, to Stafford. I'm not sure they can, but I know someone who will, and that's Aaron Donald for Los Angeles Rams. Um, like he said last week, he said the only thing he has left to accomplish in his career is to win a Super Bowl. I think he's going to go out and he's going to have three sacks and he's going to be all over Joe. And 
he, you know, he's just going to be too much to handle, which will cause a couple turnovers. So I like Aaron Donald to win Super Bowl MVP and maybe catapult himself into best defensive player of all time after this. Okay. I, I saw a crazy stat about Donald today. He is double teamed on 66% of, the, of his snaps, yet he still generates pressure on 26% of those. 66% double It's just Ridiculous. insane. Insane. <laughs> I mean, when you when you practice against knives, I you probably have a have quite the advantage. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously, Super Bowl, we got all our bets in. Hopefully, uh, we'll get back together at some point, do a recap of uh, if we how we did. And we're gonna Super Bowl. Obviously, everyone's got Super Bowl plans, Super Bowl parties to go to, different things, different food. It's one day you can just pig out and not feel bad about it and it's christmas in february it's what it is it really it is they, they just need to get the monday after super bowl off so at some point somebody's got <laughs> to get that done and so we're gonna do a little bit of a what we call a mount rushmore of super bowl party foods uh we'll do a snake style draft so um i'll go first since it is my podcast and i'll start us off uh, I will go with uh, number one pick, and it's obviously the best dish of, of Super Bowl party is the buffalo chicken dip. Can't beat it. Knew and, it was coming. Yeah. So uh, I guess we can go rock, paper, scissors for who goes second and third. Uh, I'll let Grant go just because I know my picks are better, so I don't need to worry about his. Okay. All right, well, All Ethan, right. Ethan being confident, but that's who he is. Uh, for me yes. – I'm better than you. Okay. For me, the second pick is going to be, it's kind of a, it's combination of a ditch here, dish, excuse me, Tostitos scoops, chips with the Velveeta Rotel and, uh, you know, maybe a little ground beef in there. Again, it's, it's a snack, at, um, snack event and nothing screams more football than having chips and some, some melted cheese while I'm watching this game. It's, that was probably going to be my second choice. So, queso is a good choice. That's essentially queso. That's what I wrong with nachos. Yeah, and like you said, it's, it's it's cowboy queso from Cowboy Jacks. Yep. Ah, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go little Smokies slash weenies, just a classic. Or as I like to call it, Midwestern fondue. <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> yep. All right, Ethan, you got two or one more, so. Um, this one's a little different. Um, you don't see it at every party, but puppy chow. Okay. okay. Another another Midwestern staple from, uh, yes. from Ethan there. I'm a fan. I mean, I've lived in Iowa and Minnesota and North Dakota, so, I mean, it doesn't get more Midwestern than that. No, it does not. Okay. All right, Grant, you're up. Yeah, so it's my turn. I'm going to. Um, continue with the appetizer thing. I'm going to go with um, some bacon wrapped jalapeno peppers. Oh, you're muted. That was my pick. Um, it's just you, you board, bud. like you said, um, you could get, you know, maybe a mock crab cream cheese filling or just a cheddar with that with bacon on the outside. And it's just, yep. it's impossible. To top. It. And it's, you can't beat it. And it's good year round. And again, appetizer, Super Bowl, perfect. Okay, so I got two here. I'm going to go with my, my second pick here is, and I'm actually probably going to be making this, is uh, pulled pork, 
It's easy. You can smoke it, put it in a slow cooker, different ways. Easy, easy to do. You just got to let it cook for however long and uh, easy. You can just put it on a plate. You can put it on a bun. Easy thing. You can never go wrong with, and I was just in Kansas City, so you can never go wrong with barbecue. There you go. It's always a good one. And then is it Grant's again, right? No, I got it. No, I have two. two. Yeah, Dylan on the snake. Yep. And my third pick is gonna be uh I didn't have this written down, but I I I I'm a big fan of the cheeseburger sliders. Mm. So. No, that's a good that's a good one here, Dylan. And uh, so now I'm on my uh, my fourth one on my list. Um, a combination of me and you guys, they've almost all been taken. But this last one here is, um, you know, your chicken wings or wingettes, and then just a variety of sides on the side. You know, you could have a little honey barbecue, a little Parmesan garlic, maybe some dry barbecue rub. Again, just some appetizer um, thing on there, and you, you can't you can't beat chicken wings. I'm surprised it took us this long to get to that. But, you know, this is the appetizer king in terms of holidays, and there's just so many good ones out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Ethan, you got I'm going to go with uh, – oh, no, yeah, it's my, my turn now, right? I think I think yeah. Grant only gets one. Yeah, yeah I get one. I'm going to go fried pickles. Fried pickles. Ooh, that's a unforgotten one, but definitely you can never go wrong with some fried pickles. Get a little – uh, jalapeno ranch or some southwestern ranch on there and perfect mm-hmm. man I, do i have another one now yep. that, yeah there's four there's four heads on those four attention in history and i was there like two summers ago i already forgot how many heads are on that thing um man i gotta think of one you guys took my queso one Come back to me. I got to do a little bit more research. I had four. I didn't think you guys were going to pick the same ones. Trading his pick to Grant. So Grant, you're up. Uh, you know, the last one, I'm, you know, just, uh, you know, a plate, of, a plate of meatballs. Ooh. That's... Put them in, you know, put it, you know, the crock pot, your slow cooker. You know, again, it's just something nice and small, something with a fork you can munch on. Um, kind of almost like, you know, for my family on Christmas Eve, you know, you have meatballs, maybe a little shrimp cocktail on the side. Now I'm just getting hungry. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's hard to beat. Yes. Well, I mean, you can put them in that mini weenie sauce that that's always a staple with the brown sugar, the ketchup, the mustard, whatever. That's always good or whatever. Um, Swedish meatballs. That's another good choice too. Yep. Yeah. In general, the, yeah, you can never go wrong with meatballs. So, as, as you would say, this is a hard day to keep the fork down. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, Ethan, did you get your uh... – I did. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this, but uh, I know a lot of people are artichoke dip. That, that seems like a pretty big one that people love. I've never understood it, but, hey, teach their own. Yeah, that's – you need to understand it because it's delicious. Man, I'll pass. Appetizers. Not Midwestern enough for me. Oh, yeah. Well, you're not a true Midwesterner, so. It is what it is. And then my last one is I'm going to go with the uh, potato skins. Can cook the potato. You scoop the potato out of them, do whatever. I've seen people make potato salad with the extra potato, but you get some cheese, some bacon, 
sour cream, sprinkle a little uh, green onion type of seasoning on there, garnish it, strong garnish game with those. Uh, that would probably be my, uh, that's my last uh, pick of the Mount Rushmore of, of uh, Super Bowl dips or uh, Super Bowl foods. So, you know, fellas, if I, could I throw in an honorable mention since, you know, Ethan's talking about, you know, Midwestern and everything like this. It's plain Ruffles potato chips with a jar of top potato. Ooh, yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's just, it's one of those classic things. And like you said, you know, grass, maybe throw that a little bit on top of your potato skins too um, for that, uh, for that finishing touch. Yes. So. When you brought up the Midwest, I thought you were going to bring up tater tot hot dish there for a second. I was well, kind of excited. I, I love me some tater tot hot dish, but that's not a it's super, not a super bowl. Dish. It's no. too dense. You know, there's not a whole lot. It's that's a little more comfort food um, with that, yeah. with that hot dish. Okay. So in recap for our Mount, our, each of our Mount Rushmore's, Ethan went with the mini weenies, puppy chow, fried pickles, and artichoke dip, even though he doesn't like artichoke dip, but we won't judge him. I'm a man of the people. So, <laughs> very unselfish of you, Ethan. So good job. Always and have been. Grant's going with the, uh, the meat and queso dip, staple of Super Bowl parties. Can never go wrong with it. Put it in a slow cooker, chips pour it over something can't go wrong uh the jalapeno poppers wrap them in bacon get some cream cheese get that nice spicy little kick to them incredible and then chicken wings can never go wrong with chicken wings whether you want to dry rub buffalo sauce barbecue garlic anything i that might be another uh, time we do a podcast is uh sauces for buffalo wings Mount Rushmore, and then a uh, plate of meatballs, which, I mean, we're not picky eaters. You put it in front of us, we'll all eat it we'll live together for, for a year or so. And then for me, it is the uh, buffalo chicken dip, the Tom Brady of Super Bowl party foods, pulled pork, cheeseburger sliders, and potato skins. So, obviously, exciting day Sunday is slowly getting here. It will get here, but... Thank you guys again for listening to the Degress podcast. We will see you back here on Monday to recap it all. Uh, this uh, We're recording it on Wednesday. It's going to go up uh, Thursday afternoon. So be uh, plugged in there. Uh, it'll be on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. So wherever you get your podcast, we'll also be posting the uh, video uh, on YouTube. And uh, if you guys want to plug your socials, go ahead where, where they can find you. So uh, for me, you know, Instagram is going to be GrantCaster53. That'll be all, uh, you know, all lowercase. And then uh, Twitter handle, I believe, is GrantJCaster. Um, and then, you know, to find me, the name will be Grant Joseph on there. All right. My Instagram is EthanPrice3, and my Twitter is Price3Ethan. So check it out. I don't put good content up, but I like followers. <laughs> There you go. So thank you guys again for listening and we will see you back here on Monday to recap it.